cricket is coming and it's time for a bat. We're going sub some bodies and we'll have a good laugh. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Get It Whacked, the Macclesfield Cricket Club podcast. Over the coming weeks and months, we intend to go behind the scenes of Max CC and meet some of the players and characters at the club, find out some things about them you never knew or most likely never wanted to know, and above all, hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Macclesfield Cricket Club is grateful for the continued support of our various sponsors. Today's featured sponsor is Inspired by Isherwood. Inspired by Isherwood is a local landscaping firm based in Macclesfield, covering all jobs in the garden from routine maintenance, one-off clear-ups, hard landscaping, hedge cutting and lots more. Previous jobs and contact information can be found on Facebook and Instagram by searching Inspired by Isherwood. Without further ado, I would like to introduce today's guests. Another of our cricketing families at Macclesfield, these two brothers have played cricket together all over Cheshire and Derbyshire. Whilst there are many similarities about their cricketing careers, both are ex-first team captains from Kings and progressed up the Derbyshire representative structure, it's fair to say they go about their cricket in slightly different ways. Direct from the very weird hills of Derbyshire, ladies and gentlemen, Tom and Dan Isherwood. Chaps, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, good, thanks. Excellent. Very nice to have another uh, family on the podcast. And, and I think this is the first time we've had a, a brotherly episode. So this is a first for the podcast. Very good. Just before we start, um, make sure we've got the bleeper on just in case Tom has one of his outbursts like he did at Heaton Moor last season. <laughs> <laughs> Seems that Angry Dan transferred to Angry Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll get to this in a, later on in due course. It's nice to hear that shots have been fired before we've even gotten into the podcast. Uh, that's that's brothers for you, ladies and gentlemen. First question to say is, how are you both dealing with the lockdown? You know, you've both got kids at home. Dan, how is it for you, first of all? It's tough, actually. Um, you know, working seems to be working harder now than I ever have done. Um, you know, so we're working in sports administration at the minute. You know, it's, it's difficult. No one can play play sport for me like we like we know it. So we're trying having to try to come up with weird and wonderful ways to keep people engaged and everything else, really. So I'm spending a lot of time doing that whilst uh, whilst Natalie is uh, being the same, really looking after the the girls. So yeah, it's uh, quite tough, really. And um, what's the uh, the sort of ferrolometer at? You know, naught to ten. How are they at the moment? Uh, yeah, they're, they're fine actually. I'm, I'm taking a couple of days off the last couple of days, and we've had a really nice time. They do get on with it pretty well, so yeah, uh, they're nowhere near a ten yet. Tom, how about you? How's everything? Um, yeah, with Corona and and Eliza, things are quite strange. Really, dropped down to three day weeks at work, um, and then having Eliza Thursdays and Fridays, enjoying our time, basically getting dressed up to do pee with Joe on a Friday. Dog's not very happy about it, but he gets dressed up every single week. For anybody that's uh, not uh, following Thomas Sherwood on Instagram I'd, or Facebook, I advise you do just so you can see the, the costumes that him and his daughter and, and his uh, dog come up with every week. It's Well, it's the highlight of my week, frankly. Dan, I, th- I think you, you talked a little bit about your, your job there, but do you want to tell everybody what you do outside of uh, of cricket? Yeah, I've worked, worked, worked in sports administration for 15 years. Um Used to work at British Cycling, currently work at England Athletics. Just trying to uh, keep the grassroots of the sport as healthy as possible, making sure that as many people are enjoying the uh, the sport of athletics and running, you know, just just like the ECB do for for cricket, really. So that's that's me from a from a work perspective. Tom, tell us what you do. So I set up my own landscaping firm in July last year, which 
is going really well actually had a successful first eight months things got a little bit strange but actually i'm really busy seems that people spending time at home they realize that they need stuff doing in their garden so things are looking promising for the future so all good fantastic as i said you know it's a lot of brotherly love here no doubt you uh you grew up playing quite a bit of cricket together and and that's carried on throughout your careers but i thought it'd be fun to to first kind of talk about your kind of early cricketing memories both perhaps individually and together but uh before we do that i think it's 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 fair to say i better point out that there is there's a bit of an age discrepancy between you now you know you don't ask a lady how old she is dan but what's the what's the difference between you and tom uh, 20 months guess who's guess who's the uh, youngest one <laughs> again <laughs> shots fired here we go right so there's uh yeah 20 months between the two of you but yeah moving back onto it what what would you say some of your your earliest cricketing memories are dan we used to basically play, play five day test matches in the in the garden and i'd uh, i'd usually win the toss and, and bat first and then Come the second day once, Gooch and Atherton had both scored double hundreds and uh, I had to switch to become uh, left-handed when Graham Thorpe came in. Eventually we got to sort of the fifth day and probably declared gay Tom about half an hour at the end of the fifth day to, uh, <laughs> to have a bat. <laughs> so, but, you know, you're pl- playing with like taped up tennis balls and you know, playing on the bounce back in the garden. That was the very earliest memories. And then obviously we'll move on to probably talk about some of the clubs we've played at mainly Birch Vale in the past but yeah I don't know if Tom's got another take on uh, on it. Yeah there's some uh, some serious numbers being touted there in, in uh, backyard cricket Tom. I don't seem to remember him batting for, for four and a half days but I do remember basically coming up with a team and then having to play like said player so Quite a lot of the time I was having to bowl left-handed and variations of spin that tended to, uh, I wouldn't say get whacked because Dan chose to be Atherton. So, you know, forward defensive, push on. But yeah, we uh, we played a lot of cricket in the garden. Um, actually, mum and dad were sort of quite relaxed about letting us um, go up to the to the club. Um, so probably from the age of eight or nine, we spent most of our summers up at, up at the cricket club, just on our own up there in the nets. Uh, with another lad that we used to play with but yeah taping balls up Dan bowling off his wrong foot trying to hit me in the head with bouncers on the concrete Tom, Tom do you remember the uh, the ball on, on a string it's like on, on a, an elasticated uh, roll so you basically spike it in at the bowler's, at the bowler's end and you just keep walking back as far as as far as you want really the further back you go the quicker the ball and then you can you can release it slightly differently by twisting your wrist and it and it would give you know give a ball a ball a swing. That was absolutely brilliant. But God, there was a couple of occasions where I nearly <laughs> I nearly killed you in the nets. Yeah, I do remember quite a few a uh, few times of uh, yeah elastic ball whizzing past and then the elastic wrapping round me. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that is that was that called a bounce back or something like that? So the bounce back was the cage. Uh, with like a net on it that had elastic around the edge and you threw the ball against it and the ball came back at you. Um, so practicing, catching practice. Okay, the ball on a string when you pegged it in the ground, wasn't it sponsored or endorsed by like Atherton or Gooch or someone like that? Yeah, possibly. I think it may have been, yeah. <laughs> What was it called? Can you remember? Really can't remember. I think they probably took it off the market because it was so dangerous. The, the modern day equivalent, I think, is probably those, you know, those flexible sticks that people use to fire, fire the Dog ball. Toys. The infamous yeah. dog toy. The dog toys, yeah, I reckon that's the uh, modern day equivalent. Well, according to John Birchall, you should be using a, a lacrosse stick because <laughs> apparently it's a bit more dangerous. <laughs> 
Tom, uh, you, you and Dan have a, a long history with um, with Birchvale and Thornset Cricket Club. Was this your first club? Yeah, so we, we got introduced to the club by one of our friends, Ashley Sharp, and basically his dad ran the under-13s team up at the club. And I think Dan was probably seven and I was five when we started playing up there. Pretty much from the time that we started playing, we were playing under-13s cricket for the club from memory. Maybe the ages are a bit wrong. People don't know Birchvale. It's, um, it was not, it's not even a village. It's uh, probably got about five houses in it. It's on the it's on the road between uh, Hayfield and New Mills, up in the Peak District, and it's on a you know it's on a it's on a big slope. So we were fortunate because there, you know there's not many many kids that are knocking around in the actual it's not like Macclesfield where you've got you know 200, 200 um, you know children turning up at the academy every 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 week, which is which is brilliant. You know, it's just a couple of couple of families that were you know providing the uh, you know the cricketers for the junior side. So. It was it was brilliant. Dan, do you want to tell us about the Derbyshire and Cheshire Cricket League, and maybe talk about some of the differences in in the rules and and kind of the style of play and things like that? Obviously, you've alluded to you know the setup and how these clubs ran, but yeah, t- tell us about the DCCL. Yeah, really, really localized, competitive village village cricket is how I'd summarise it. It was win lose. There was no draws. Forty five overs a side. Um, usually playing on you know what are quite small grounds usually uncovered wickets, uh, usually pavilions that are falling down, you know, shower facilities, etc. Although over, over time, they, they obviously you know, improved through lottery funding, etc. But still, nonetheless, the, the cricket remained very, very competitive. You know, you were playing against, well, it's split into two divisions, but ultimately you were playing about against about 10, 10 teams um, in the league, all within, uh, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes of each, of each other. You know, you between longest drivers, probably Stockport to to Glossop, so that's your sort of uh, catchment area. There were some some really good players that were playing in that in that league, either young up and coming players that will probably go on to play in the Cheshire County League or or the Derbyshire leagues, um, but also players that were dropping down as well who had played you know decent cricket in the in the County League, but others that just played all of their cricket in the Derbyshire and Cheshire League. If you if you see, if you see some of the uh, some of the the scores, some of the you know uh, aggregates for the season, some of the individual records, phenomenal. You know, I, I remember playing in games where you know it's well, at the time you know, forty five overs, you know three hundred and you know twenty as a, as a team total. Um, there was one there was one game in the second team where uh, a guy a guy called Steve Burns, who was a really talented. Uh, talented player at the time he was probably you know mid 40s when he when he when he did this um, but he scored 281 not out in a 45 over game individually <laughs> so, um, but you're not you know you're not talking very very big very big grounds and another another sort of I guess funny story about Birchvale's ground ground itself and I said it's on a slope so it sort of slopes down it plateaus off to a to a to a nice sort of hard flat wicket and then it drops down again to the boundary at the bottom of the pitch. But the straight boundary is quite short. So when you hit when you hit a six, it probably wasn't too difficult to, to hit a six. And I, I even managed a couple to hit straight, straight, uh, straight sixes. But you couldn't really call it a six in, unless it went over the brook. 
So this brook was basically halfway into the field next to the cricket pitch. So that was the marker of the six, really. It was a decent hit if you managed to clear the brook. Very, very good. Tom, is, is there anything you kind of want to add uh, to, you know, experiences and, and your thoughts on um, on kind of DCCL cricket? Obviously, we'll, we'll get to it and we'll, we'll talk about some games and stuff. But you, you've played a little bit more Cheshire County League cricket than your brother, because obviously you, you joined Mac a little bit before him. But um, yeah, what, what are your sort of opinions and, and experiences in, between the two? and the differences so as some of you have probably spoken to me before I, I call win-lose cricket it's the cricket I like to play because that's sort of the way that I'm I'm driven I'm not a fan of uh, stitching it but that's what we play at the moment so that's what we have to do but yeah having grown up playing 45 over games straight win-lose there was never 20 overs at the end of a game watching numbers 8, 9 and 10 bat it was uh, all or nothing basically so um, quite enjoyable cricket but in terms of sort of the differences I think when we first started playing senior cricket at Birch it was very competitive and was probably that way for probably 10-12 years all the way throughout the league and then just slowly a couple of teams started to move out of the league and go into different league and it just sort of slowly started to to dwindle away um, I know Dan stopped playing before I did, but my last couple of years at Birch were very frustrating, having played for a long time, being very driven and sort of very, this is the way that we do things, to then turning up on Saturdays with a few lads that had been out on the Friday night and just didn't really care about the game. Uh, got quite frustrating, which actually is probably why I, why I ended up finishing up there a little bit earlier than I probably should have done. But then three years later on, joined Mac. And yeah, I love it. I uh, just, just think that the social side of things at Mac is brilliant. Obviously up at Birch, having sort of grown up there, it's great, but there's nothing around. So you end your game and, and that's it. You sort of go home. Whereas at Mac, obviously you've got the social afterwards, which is which is brilliant. Well, unfortunately, play cricket doesn't seem to have have made it up into the uh, the weird backward hills of Derbyshire. So I don't have too much to go off in terms of stats and numbers. But what I do know is that between you, you both captained the first team at Birch between 2003 and 2010, during which time you won the league once, um, which was also a league and cup double. And you won the League Cup itself on five different occasions. Now, talking of the League Cup, I believe it's actually named after your grandfather. Dan, do you want to tell us about his involvement uh, in the league? It's uh, It was actually our great-grandfather. Um, so so Hayfield is the village next to Birchvale, where we grew, we grew up. Um, and really, we probably should have ended up playing at Hayfield if it wasn't for our friend that Tom's mentioned, Ashley, who took us to, to Birchvale. Um, we never, never looked back, really. But our, our great-grandfather was the president of um, Hayfield uh, Cricket Club. He, yeah, he was probably the, you know, probably the big man in Hayfield at the time. He was the uh, owner of the, the, uh, the paper mill from the, from the village. Um, you know, I think he was, you know, a very well, well-respected man, and he was, uh, you know, quite influential at the, at the cricket club in Hayfield. And he was also a league, I think, league chairman and president for, for a while as well. So the league trophy itself, yeah, it's called uh, the John Isherwood Challenge Cup. And so yeah, it was a very proud moment when we lifted, uh, we lifted that one. Yeah, I think at the time, at the time when my great grandfather was involved in the cricket club, a guy called Arthur Lowe was playing, playing at, at uh, Hayfield Cricket Club. I don't know if you know who, who Arthur Lowe is, but he was a uh, 
actor who played Mr. Mannering in Dad's Army. <laughs> I did not know that. A bit of an interesting fact, maybe, to some people. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd like to make mention of, of one game, uh, particularly from, from your time at Birch. Um, and this was during the 2010 season, which I believe, um, Dan, was at your last season. Uh, it was what it was one of the last seasons that I played you know uh, a lot of games in a in a season mm-hmm. uh, you know be, before that yeah I was playing playing a lot but well the game in question was actually against your uh, bitter rivals from Hayfield uh, ironically as you just said where you both grew up you both opened the batting that day um, and put on 140 tom do you do you want to tell us a, a firstly about that partnership and maybe a little incident that occurred during that partnership yeah so um, from memory as is always the case with me and Dan I was outscoring him quite quickly. Not not many overs into the game, I hit a hit a sort of a, a drive through through point, hit it down into the pitch next to us. So a, an old track that had been used and it bounced up to point who claimed the catch. All of their players sort of celebrated. Umpire gave it out and I just stood my ground and the square leg umpire just basically started shaking his head and was like, no, it's a bump ball. And I think that non-striking at the other end, Dan, was uh, showing a little bit of angry Dan, I think. <laughs> so uh, before we before we get to that, um, do, do you remember much about that partnership? As I say, you, you both put on 140 uh, for the first wicket. Obviously, you alluded to possibly outscoring Dan. Or <laughs> to be honest, I, I can't can't remember sort of the exact innings that much. But Hayfield's quite a strange ground. It's very narrow but quite long. So the, the straight boundaries are, are long, but the sort of square leg and point boundaries are, are quite short, uh, one of which is surrounded by um, a river, runs all the way down, and there's sort of gaps in the wall against the river, and there's a net up, but it's only probably seven or eight foot high. So um, quite often or not, um, you've got to go over to the, to, the, uh, to the wall, take your shoes off, put the wellies on, go and fish the ball out of the river, um, and carry on. As I say, competitive village cricket. Oh, very good. Dan, I'm going to let you tell us about the rest of the game because it's it's quite an interesting one. And, and I think it goes on to, to illustrate your point about the type of cricket and, and competitive cricket and, and also the, the, the runs and, that were scored in the game. So, yeah, do you, want to, do you want to tell us about the rest of the game from what you can remember? Yeah, as you say, bitter, bitter rivals. Every game, you look forward to every game against uh, against Hayfield. You know, really wanted to win every every time you, uh, you know, stepped out on that pitch and when they visited the uh, Birch Vale, but the uh, I'm mean, just going just going back to the outscoring bit. I mean, we, we very rarely opened the batting together. Uh, when we did bat, usually it was I, I'd been batting for a while. Tom came in and Tom was out, so that's, <laughs> that's usually what was uh, what happens when when we bat together. But the um, the game the game itself was uh, we were very happy to open, open the batting together, and Tom Tom did score quite quickly. I think actually I think when when I when I was out. We'd scored well. We'd scored uh, 140. I think I. I think I only made maybe 60 or 70. But then Tom went on to uh, to up the up the ante, up the scoring rate. And I think his yeah his, his, his second. Uh, did Tom end up getting 150 in the end? No, it was uh, 120. 120. But he managed. Yeah, I mean his his uh, scoring rate went um, went through the roof towards the end of the game. Anyway, we ended up about 320, which was. Which was a decent score, with decent score, and um, we thought we, you know, we were really in with a chance. I don't think we had our strongest bowling attack, um, and I think I ended up bowling quite a lot, which probably says says uh, tells your story. But um, they they ended up knocking it knocking it off for, for one, uh, which was pretty which was pretty pretty embarrassing really. We walked off the pitch after 
what should have been a you know brilliant day, a hundred partnerships, Tom getting a hundred, myself getting a fifty, and we walked off absolutely devastated that we got and lost against Hayfield, which didn't happen very often. And yeah, it was a uh, pretty pretty embarrassing. I think there's, there's they, they had some decent decent players. There's one guy called called Julian Burgess who you know he didn't often turn up against us, but I think he did that day, and he's you know he's, he's played some decent cricket in the Lancashire leagues and and for Buxton and other 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 places. So. Uh, yeah, I think he did as did as that day. Very, very good indeed. Well, Tom, I, after that very nice words from from your brother, um, I, I thought we'd go off off piste and, and change the direction here. You've you've already made mention of a particular gentleman that used to rear his his ugly head, and I thought it might be time to to reveal a bit of a secret to listeners from Mac, and and perhaps you could tell us about the infamous Angry Dan. Angry Dan, sort of just popped up every now and again in in cricket games totally unexpectedly and it was more often than not when we were actually doing something quite good so i think one one of my memories is um dan bowling and getting frustrated i think i can't remember what was happening in the game but it was obviously a, a frustration point for dan he actually took a wicket bowled this bloke out and his celebration was to turn around and just kick all the stumps at the non-strikers end out of the ground, <laughs> which were, which we were all sort of stood there celebrating in slips, and just looking at Dad and he's kicked the stumps out of the ground. And I think he probably quite quickly regretted it because I think he picked them up and started putting them back in the ground. So that's that's one. Another one, can't remember who we're playing, but Dan hates getting himself out. And he used to have um, a Graham Gooch-style white painted helmet. And he got out and was that frustrated he was walking off the pitch and at birch he had to walk back up the hill to the pavilion um, and behind the pavilion there was a farmer's field and dan just punted his helmet over the pavilion into the farmer's field as i was on my way out to bat he then calmed down a little bit went and got his helmet um took it into the changing room and then i got myself out and dan proceeded to smash his helmet up into pieces in the changing room because I'd got myself out. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm not going to call you Angry Dan because I don't want to introduce him onto the podcast. But, but Dan, do you have anything to say in your defence of, of your alter ego, Angry Dan? All lies. All lies. Damn lies. No, it's, uh, yeah, not my, not my finest hour. I've got I've got quite a short fuse. It's not come it's not come out of Macclesfield yet. I think I've probably matured since then. I think since having since having kids, I've probably uh, yeah that that's not that's not something I'd, I'd do I'd do again. But um, there's a couple a couple of times where I get very very frustrated. I think Tom's alluded to it already in these and what he, some of the things he said. I did did hate when I was captain. I hated Tom getting himself out. As, as I said, I knew, I knew how much potential Tom had, and I knew like he's one of the better players in the league. And it's just in when in the first few seasons when I was captain, Tom didn't really come to the come to the party with with the bat, and it was uh, yeah really really frustrating. So uh, partially explained that one, but in, embarrassing really is the is the <laughs> is the uh, feeling that I have towards those uh, those those memories that Tom's so kindly. Uh, you're welcome. Well, moving uh, moving swiftly onwards, you both attended the King's School and were both actually first team captains uh, in your respective uh, years. Firstly, Dan, do you want to tell us about your time at King's and as captain? Yeah, I mean, we were a very, very happy time at King's. I loved the, loved the school, um, loved playing cricket. Um, my earliest memory is uh, playing the junior school 
my best best friend uh, Eddie Bones, who obviously a lot of people listening to this will will know, massively talented uh, cricketer. You know, we scored a lot of runs together in in the junior school. I think Eddie scored. I think the what is still the only ever hundred at that age, at that age. I, I scored eighty in the same game. You know, I at that time I, I was a, I was half decent bowler. I, I got a hat trick. Uh, people don't believe me. I've got the ball up, up in the uh, up in the loft. I can show you one day. But uh, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So there was some great, some great times, early, early days in the junior school, and then, but then move, moving sort of to, to, to first team. Really, I think I played, I played for probably four seasons in the first team, three full seasons, really, of which actually the last season was curtailed through through injury. But you know, some 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 great, some great games. Steve Morse was our coach throughout the throughout the whole time I I played there, and, and when Tom was there as well, with one of the, who was I think the coach at the time for. for the teacher that was leading the side was a guy called John John Nuttall, and um, Steve was the was the coach. You know, my my biggest regret uh, at the uh, at King School was definitely not never scoring a first team hundred. Uh, I captained the team for uh, a season in, when I was in lower sixth, uh, and then I was going to be captain in the upper sixth. But then I got injured playing rugby, snapped my cruciate ligament playing rugby for the first 15 that year and didn't play very much of the cricket season and because of that because of that injury. In the, in the two real full seasons I had in that first team, I should have scored some hundreds. Gave my, gave my wicket away a lot at school um, for some reason. Didn't, I didn't go on like I did at club or for, for, for Derbyshire playing representative stuff at Derbyshire. I didn't, I didn't go on at all. Uh, the best innings I can remember um, was... Uh, Scoring 92 against the South African touring side, uh, and that was tough. One of the game, one, you know, one of the innings where you, you know, you come off the pitch um, 90 odd knots out after, you know, facing some pretty, pretty quick South African schoolboy uh, cricketers, um, you know, digging in gritty, gritty innings. The type of innings I, I, I quite like playing, and that was definitely one of the the good memories from playing at King's first team. The tour to Kenya was, was brilliant. Playing against the MCC whilst at King's. Yeah, not to, ha- not to have my name up on the board. A bit different to Cal, who's, uh, as I think you said on the, an earlier podcast, he's, he's, he's only got his name up there once, but in brackets he's got like 12 or 15 or something because of the amount of uh, centuries he scored there. Yeah, big, big, regret, big regret. But playing with some brilliant cricketers, um, Alan Day, from, who plays Old the Edge, James Duffy, you know, one of the one of the best players I've I've played with. You know, even uh, I remember my first, the first year I was playing at Kings, playing with a guy called Chris Buckley. People people will know as Beavis. You know what a brilliant batsman he was. So yeah, there's there's some uh, some, some happy memories of the time at school. Long term listeners to the podcast will know that former guest and club celebrity Pete Langley has been running 100k in a month for charity, by hook or by crook. He's now completed that challenge, and after a modest target of £200 was achieved inside 24 hours, he is now close to raising £1,000 for Parkinson's UK. He would like to thank anyone from the MacCC community who has donated. No matter how big or small the donation, each one is appreciated hugely. The fundraising webpage is still open by searching Langer's 100k on justgiving.com, and if anyone was holding back not believing he would do it, donations are still welcome. Tom, do you want to tell us about your uh, experiences um, with Kings and, and obviously captaining the first team? Yeah, so um, I was captain in my last year 
which was 2002, was Steve Moore's first year as first team, like full coach. Um, he was the teacher in charge. Um, he'd always sort of been around, but I think one of the one of the sort of he'd never been a, been there as named sort of first team coach because he'd been playing. Whereas I think he sort of almost come to the end of his playing career at Mac first team and decided that it was something that he wanted to push on with his coaching. So he came in with an absolutely amazing attitude, totally sort of changed the way that we'd done things. And we had a really successful year, actually. We had the likes of Alan Day opening the batting, um, a lad called Ollie Kenyon as well. Um, and they had opening stands. I think they had four or five opening stands of over 100. And we actually um, won four games by 10 wickets in the season because our, our motto that year was literally just to, whoever we were playing, put them in, bowl them out and knock it off. And we... I, I don't know whether it's whether it still is, but um, I know for quite a few few years we had the highest win percentage for a first team from Kings, and I think that Steve Moore's in his years at Kings when he was playing for school had the highest number of wins in a school season. So I think he possibly will still hold both of those records. And did you make it onto the honours board? Um, I did, yeah. Um, onto the batting, um, I scored, um, I think, 120 against a school in Northern Ireland. We did a four-day tour to Northern Ireland and played three games over there. And I can't remember which school it was, but I yeah, scored 120 against them. So I made it onto the batting board, but unfortunately not onto the bowling board because it was for six, four or more. Plenty of fifers, but no sixers. Now, on Tom Parfit's podcast, he mentioned you as being a bit of a gun fielder, which I know you still like to to throw yourself around. And as I made a made a bit of a joke about, um, it may be one of the reasons you keep pinging various bits of your body. Who knows? <laughs> but I know you always um, you like telling the story about how kind of Steve, you know, revolutionised your training. Do, do you want to tell us about um, fielding practice with Steve? Yeah, so I, I can't remember exactly when it was when Steve sort of really came in with the with the um, fielding practice idea because I, I played five years for for the first team and I don't remember it from the start, but I remember definitely for the last two years um, when I was in sixth form that every Monday lunchtime the cricket team would be on the front field at school having a fielding practice and it would basically go on and on and it would all be about sort of picking the ball up clean, hitting stumps, one stump, and um, you'd have teams on either side. And it's sort of fun games, but really getting everyone's head around that how important fielding is and just trying to get people sort of the basic skills being switched on all of the time. And he really sort of proved to me how important, how, what an important part of the game it is and how you, every single person on the field should, well, in my opinion, should be wanting to strive to take the next catch, to take the next run out, to do something just to change the game um, and sort of the way that you think about things. Um, little sneaky things as well. I think Steve was always one for sort of liking the little thinking around situations and finding a way through them. And yeah, a couple, couple of times he's helped me out in games. I know that um, thinking about our out is is uh, it's great, great feeling. Dan, obviously Tom's given us a bit of an insight into to sort of Steve Moore's there and, and kind of some of the things he, he did for, for, for Tom's cricketing career. Is there anything you want to you tell us about your experiences with Steve? Yeah, 
Steve, Steve was brilliant. Steve was a brilliant coach. I thought. I think. I mean, Tom's mentioned the field, and, and I think maybe he upped the ante when uh, when Tom's uh, Tom's sort of team was uh, was doing that. But he, def- he definitely was doing that a bit earlier when I was when I was um, playing as well. Because I know his drills and everything else definitely improved my fielding. You know, no end. And you were always quite proud about your fielding as a, as a Kings team. Um, and I think that was quite different to a lot of other school teams. People may may not may not think that now about about me and my fielding, but uh, yeah, it was de- it was definitely um, helped from on on that on that front. I think because he wasn't that head coach in charge of everything at the time when I was when I was playing, he could play that sort of supportive role in the. Uh, you know, in the background, not saying he wouldn't he wouldn't play that. You know, as he his role as the um as the as the main coach, but you know he could get involved in you know in some of the uh, the banter with the the boys. And I remember on the uh, on the Kenya uh, cricket tour, it was Steve really that that brought a lot of the the laughs and the and the banter to the to the group on that on that tour through through some of the the sort of the pranks he he played in the in the games. That he sort of introduced to to people, and not to not to give too much away from you know, games like the uh, coin and charcoal game, and the the spoons game, and the urm game, and that type of thing. And maybe Steve can uh, can maybe explain a bit about those those when he uh, when he comes on to. Uh, the podcast in a, in a future edition. Well, I'll I'll make sure to uh, to interrogate him fully about those uh, those subjects, Dan. But thoroughly enjoyed uh, having having Steve as, as my as my coach. You know, great great guy, and you know, great cricketing family. You know, so so friendly, so welcoming at the at the club. Tom, you you both played representative cricket for for Derbyshire, sort of growing up and alongside Kings and and Birch. Um, firstly, do you want to tell us about your sort of experiences and 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 how you got on with Derbyshire representative cricket? I was uh, selected to play for uh, Derbyshire under 11s at the age of ten as a bowler, and in my early years, I I really didn't like batting, so I was a number eleven batter. Um, but I opened the bowling for um, for Derbyshire under-11s at the age of 10. Um, and I represented them all the way through to under-18s. Uh, captained them from under-11s up until under-14s. And then, yeah, effectively um, ended my sort of cricketing career with Derbyshire. By the, the sort of trusty issue injury, I snapped my cruciate ligament in my right knee um, at the age of 18. Dan snapped his crucial ligament in his left knee at the age of 80. So, yeah, we're just sort of, you know, following in my big brother's footsteps. Well, I don't think you followed in your big brother's footsteps entirely, um, especially for a couple of cases that we'll come on to in a second. But Dan, obviously, Tom's alluded to, you know, playing Derbyshire representative stuff. Obviously, you did the same. You had a bit of a purple patch um, during your sort of under-15 and under-16 season. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. Um, I mean, just first of all, for my, how I got into to Derbyshire to start with, I was so proud of Tom when he, when he got into into Derbyshire. And I used to go and watch him when he was playing for under-10s, under, under etc. And I was playing in the Nets one day uh, at one of his games. And the coach, who was also the coach of the under-13s at the time, uh, was watching me batting. And he said, oh, I've got a space there. Uh, next week for a, for a game for the under 13s you, you fancy you fancy a go so uh so i got so I, that was my first uh introduction to representative cricket at derbyshire which was uh quite fortunate really but you know never looked back really i had some had some great great seasons especially under 15 under 16 i opened the batting uh for that for that team and i think in one one season scored you know 
five or six hundred runs uh, that included uh, a 145 and a 155, both against Middlesex, Middlesex in the space of two weeks. So they uh, they were definitely fed up with me by the end of uh, end of that uh, that couple of weeks. Had a had a great opening partner in that in that team. He went on to play some decent cricket in the Derbyshire leagues. And yeah, we had a great we had a great partnerships and partnership, and we uh, scored scored some big big runs. And then the season after that, I scored uh, another big hundred against Northants. And uh, off the back of that, those couple of seasons, I got selected to play for the Derbyshire Cricket Board, which is quite a big thing playing at the county ground against. Uh, against Ireland, you know, and I think it was basically a bit, a bit of a warm-up for one of their sort of NatWest Trophy games. And, uh, you know, so I was pretty nervous going into go, going into a big family occasion, everyone coming to watch, grandparents, etc. Anyway, walk out onto the uh, pitch, opening the batting with a guy called Lee Nurse. And again, I think he went on to play some fairly decent cricket minor county stuff. And he um, he took strike. I was at the non-striker's end. Fast bowler comes in, bowls. Uh, I think he was probably third ball. He pushes it. To, uh, to cover, sets off for a run, stops. I'm halfway down the track and uh, I get run out without facing a ball in the first over of that game. And then <laughs> we uh, come out, come out to fields. You know, young young lad put a, put a like fine leg and then longed off and ended up dropping two catches. So it wasn't it wasn't my proudest uh, proudest moment. Um, <laughs> no. And and then in the same in the same season, it sort of got it got worse. I then got selected. I think it was Derbyshire. Under under nineteens, opening the batting for at, at Chesterfield. Who, if anyone's ever played there, it's like a it's like a road, absolute road, brilliant cricket cricket pitch. Um, but facing a guy called Chris Keller, he's played in played in. I I grew up playing with him for Cheshire Schools. Anyway, he turned himself from a leg spinner into a quick bowler. I, I don't know how far he went. I don't know if he if he did anything anything big, but he uh, he was pretty quick on that day. Anyway, first over, uh, hit me with a bouncer. Ended up in Chesterfield uh, General Hospital with a broken jaw. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, highs and lows. <laughs> well, sorry to sorry to make you relive those uh, those painful, quite literally moments. But it's nice to hear you know about both your experiences with you know youth and, and representative cricket at the uh, Derbyshire level. Tom, as Dan sort of said before, and I, I mentioned, obviously you ended up uh, joining us at Macclesfield um, a season before Dan kind of got on the scene. Firstly, how did you how did you come to join Macclesfield? Uh, so that was uh, through you, um, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Um going through quite a tough time at home was basically going through a divorce and you just suggested that I came down to a couple of winter nets so did enjoyed it got on with a lot of people um so yeah signed up for the season and uh yeah had quite a strange first season because there were a lot of um should we say injuries probably to do with trying to do things that I would that I did um when I was 18 sort of diving for balls, chasing after balls and things. And just, um, yeah, my body, having not played cricket for three years, just sort of saying, hold on a minute, you're four or five stone heavier than you were. And uh, <laughs> It's nice to, to hear you make mention of the elusive Isherwood hamstring, which, as you say, may have kept you out of a few games here and there. Moving on to Dan, how did how did you, I mean, it's probably a silly question really, but how did you end up at, uh, at Mac as well? Yeah, so obviously through, through Tom, saw saw how much he'd enjoyed playing in that in that first season, and uh, thought actually, you know, kids were a bit older. I thought, you know, I'd be doing a, having a bit of escapism away from the, the dancing and singing and uh, and ballet at ballet at home. Um, yeah, to to try cricket again. So it probably it's a hiatus of around about six or seven years, I think, since I played proper 
cricket on a regular basis. So it was uh, it was nice to to start playing again. Well, I thought it'd be interesting just to 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 wrap up the well before we wrap up the podcast to so just kind of talk about uh, a few bits of stats um, and a couple of games. Um, now, obviously, you know, as you've both respectively played sort of two and, and three seasons at Mac, obviously we, we don't have loads of stats, but um, for what they are, I'll, I'll give you them. So this is Dan first played twenty four games with twenty two innings two not outs, um, scoring 600 runs with a highest score of 104 not out, averaging 30. And Tom, you have played 26 games with 21 innings, one not out, and a highest score of 174 not out, averaging 33.8, uh, 350s and 100. And then the bowling, you've bowled 101.1 overs, 27 maidens, 18 wickets and a best of 5 for 32. And I'm not going to tell you the average of strike rate because, frankly, I couldn't be bothered to do the maths and work them out. Miles, you, you missed my bowling stats off. Uh, no, I, I deliberately did that. No, OK, I'll, I'll give you the bowling <laughs> no, I'm stats. I'm only right. we, don't, we don't need to hear them. No, no, we're, we're, going to tell, we're going to give you them now because they are glorious for what they are, off the wrong foot and all. Saying that, you get me out in the nets every time you bowl at me and, and you're... I'm probably one of your biggest bunnies. It's 15 overs, two maidens, one wicket for 52 runs, with a best of one for 29. can't believe Tom's average is better than mine. It's all because of one score, though. Yeah. I was going to say, 100, 174 not out will um, we'll do yeah, that yeah. To, you, to you. So, t- talking of that, I thought I thought it'd be fun to, to kind of talk about a couple of your, your performances. Um, firstly, we're, we're going to talk about Tom's, uh, Tom's big score. This was in... It's the last game of the season, actually, in, in September 2017. And this was Macclesfield's second team versus Marple's second team. Marple won the toss and elected to field. Um, some say it might not have been their best decision that day. Tom, in a, in a rare, rare occurrence these days, you actually opened the batting with uh, young James Coombs that day. As we've said, you scored 174 not out. Firstly, what do you, do you remember about the innings? Um, so I, I can remember turning up at, at Marple and it was... Like it had been raining, water had got under the covers, so everyone was sort of looking at it and saying, "Oh, is is it fit? Is it not?" Um, and we had quite a strong side out because, from memory, we needed to win the game to sort of stay stay up. Effectively, I think Marple were in the relegation fight with us, um, along with another couple of teams. Um, and basically, we we had um, quite a strong side. I think Tatey was playing and Timo was in there with us. But yeah, I, I I can remember sort of standing at the other end and looking at these balls being bowled at Coombsy that were just landing on a length and going past his nose. And I just thought, well, there's, there's not really much opportunity here to, to score runs. So I just thought anything that is right up to me, I'm just going to throw my hands at. And I think one of my first scoring shots was their opening bowler. And I just, just, just lent on a, a sort of a lofted off drive that, went over the sight screen and from that point forward I just sort of decided well if it's in my arc I'm just going to throw my hands at it and um, yeah had quite a few sort of rain delays and stuff but went on to score 174 I think we declared probably 44 46 overs something like that and I do remember having a hundred partnership with Mitch I think it was at the point where he was trying to run twos and threes that my my hamstring sort of gave up um, <laughs> And we, we had a hundred partnership and I think from memory Mitch scored ten. <laughs> he did indeed, yeah. You had a partnership with Mitch, uh, and and he scored ten of them. But he was the captain that day, so is there anything you want to say to him about his declaration? Well, I, I think he I, I think looking back, yeah, things 
could have been different. We needed to win the game. So basically we we had enough runs on the board and and for the team it was right. Having looked at sort of league records and stuff, knowing that the league record is 201, yeah, I reckon that probably another three or four overs I may, I may have got there, but you never know. I may have got out the next ball. I was dropped three times in three balls after scoring 100, which all were on the boundary and all went for six. But yeah, the declaration that day was absolutely perfect. We then went on to absolutely skittle them. From memory, in the whole game, I think there were only two people who scored double figures. Obviously, I scored triple figures, but I think there were only two other people who scored double digits. Yep, so so Marple were, were skittled for 78 in 36.4 overs. Um, their opener got 10, and, and one of their middle-order players got 11. So yeah, not not a lot from them, and a, and a big win for Mac, and that uh, secured... Macclesfield's second team's safety in the second 11 Prem. Now, moving on to the uh, the other game I thought we'd talk about is, Dan, this time it's uh, your turn to, to turn up. Um, it's from last season. This is the 13th of July, and Macclesfield's second team were playing Stockport Georgians twos. Mac won the toss and elected to field, um, with Stockport Georgians posting 152 all out in 48.3 overs. You took, I think, a couple of catches that day off Chris France I don't know whether you bowled I'll just have a look no you didn't excellent that's that's the first tick in the box um however you did have a pretty sizable contribution with the bat that day you opened the batting with again young James Coombs and you scored 104 not out um I think from memory maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong the kind of the few weeks or maybe the 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 month leading up to this game you'd kind of had a few scores over a 50 and maybe had a 90 as well. And I think a few of us all sort of fate felt maybe a 100 was coming. Is is that accurate? Yeah, I think so. I'd set, I definitely set myself a target at the start of the season. I'd said I'd love to score 100 again. Yeah, the game earlier on the season against Warrington, that was another, that was another one of those sort of really gritty innings that I you know, remember uh, as being a decent one. Um, we ended up with 96, got out trying to hit, I think, probably the second or third to last ball of the innings for a boundary to get that 100. Um, but, yeah, that was... Uh, I, I, yeah, it felt like a 100 was possible. I think I think um, Frenchy had mentioned in his podcast earlier on in the season, he, he thinks he's sort of found his level at the sort of second team in terms of enjoying his cricket and, you know, do, doing well, contributing to the club, helping some of the, the juniors to uh, to move forward, etc. And I think... I'm I'm very similar to that. I think I'd really enjoyed playing the second team cricket last season, and I think that you know I can still I can still con- contribute to the to to the club and and play some decent cricket whilst also then hopefully uh, helping some of the uh, the younger players like such as James, you know, you know come through at the top of the order and you know you go on to be a decent decent cricketer um, with Coombsy. So I think um, yeah, hopefully I'm doing something to help anyway. But the yeah, the uh, the game it's the game itself that that hundred it was good. I think really surprising. I didn't know didn't know what to uh, to expect with Stop Stockport Georgians um, in terms of their bowling attack. They weren't a particularly strong batting side. Uh, we proved that with with them only you know getting to 150 odd on which was a really hot day, decent wicket as, as there usually is at Macclesfield. And they they weren't you know they weren't the bottom of the league or second to bottom of the league anyway. Their opening bowler he was like a it was like a cross between a young Bob Willis and a young Jeff Thompson. He was absolutely rapid. Anyway, uh, he, he pinned me probably four or five times in the chest. I was ducking and diving. 
but yeah, I ended up I ended up getting through that spell. He maybe he maybe got a bowled an over too long. I took him for about 20, 20 or twenty four off one over, you know, cutting him through through point. And I think that sort of set the tone then, and I, I sort of accelerated then to to the to the hundred and four not out, which was I think sealed with a what I'd like to say sealed with a huge six. Uh, but it wasn't. It was a slog sweep that just just crept over square legs uh, hands at uh, the deep square legs hands over the boundary to get the hundred. Well, I was going to ask you about this because uh, one of the most amazing things I've I've discovered from this innings is the fact that not only did you hit one six, you, you actually hit two sixes. Yeah, the, the first one was an absolute beaut over uh, <laughs> over straight straight, which was uh, nice. Yeah, again, just uh, just just creeping over the boundary. Very very good indeed. Well, look, just before we we wrap up the end of this podcast, um, I thought I'd give you both the opportunity to uh, to make any any closing remarks, anything you, you both want to say before we before we finish the podcast. Firstly, Tom, I uh, just hope we, hope that we get some cricket in at the end of the season. Um, everyone, keep doing what we're doing, and uh, hopefully see you down there soon. Yeah, I'd, I'd echo that. I'd also say, you know, thanks so much for everything that the committee are doing at this time. Um, the volunteers are still doing at this time and the volunteers do throughout every season because, you know, without them, we really wouldn't, you know, really wouldn't have a have a club. And I think their you know, communication to members at the moment, you know, it's obvious that the club are trying to do as much as they possibly can to get as much cricket played this year. So, you know we're we're in we're in safe hands and I think that's uh, you know testament to the to the club and also the I'd like to thank everyone that's raising money currently for the club as well because you know not everyone's in that that sort of position to to have disposable income at this moment in time and I think it's a you know it's a really great thing uh, and also a warning to uh, to Miles Bradshaw if he's if he's listening I hope his hair has grown back now because I shaved my hair off at the age of seventeen and and look at me now. very very good indeed so final question for me firstly to to you dan uh what would you say your aims are for 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 next season yeah still to play as much as i can still to play probably second team i would i would suggest you know and still trying well i think now we're in the in the prem i think there's going to be some decent very decent cricket to be played and you know hopefully help the youngsters to progress even further and keep the club at that level I think it's really important that the, the, the gap between the quality of cricket that the first team playing and the second team are playing needs to be as narrow as possible because at the moment it's too, it's too wide, you know, and to, the step up between second and first team is, is, is too big at the moment for, you know, people who are, who are doing well to, to truly step up and, and um, be really competitive uh, at, that, at that next uh, next step up. So, yeah, just keep keep developing the, the the club as much as we can. Fantastic. And Tom, uh, what are your aims for next season? Yeah, same as Dan, really. Continue bowling and batting as much as possible. But as is so important, helping the youngsters through, maybe develop some of them into thinking cricketers. Hopefully, they'll uh, they'll learn by seeing a few things on the pitch. But yeah, guide people through. Hopefully fantastic well thank you so much both of you for uh for for making it the first brotherly podcast um it's been a lot of fun uh, lots of really great stuff to talk about there and uh, look forward to hopefully seeing you both soon and uh, getting to to play some cricket that's great thanks miles no worries cheers cheers boys